0: Podcaster? I hardly know her. (laughs) Oh, hi. My name is Megan. I'm a busy mom of four young kids, a comedian, an improv trainer, and an award winning author. This podcast is essentially the vessel I use to verbally process all types of topics and experiences. I love sharing stories, ideas, and considering new alternatives to things I have yet to learn and apply to my own life. All of this in effort to help create happier, healthier human connections through humor. Welcome to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. I was feeling compelled to just chat a bit about... um, a couple of things that were tied together to the same event. One of them was about manifesting, manifesting and how recently I realized uh, I have not been specific enough on what I'm hoping to have come to pass in my life. And I've had a lot of amazing experiences and I'm excited to uh, really, really make it even more impactful going forward. And something um, in a recent experience that I had where I heard the ever, ever aggravating term of manning up used by someone that just made me so freaking frustrated. Um, And so I wanted to just chat it out. Um, And yeah, so here we go. Getting on up. Welcome back to the podcast. Sure, glad you're here. Hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you are. And I love you. Several months back in the fall of 2021, I got a phone call one day from a gal who had just this raving testimonial about improv and yes and and the other tools of improv that I taught in a team building workshop that she got to be part of with um, a company she worked for several years ago and she was telling me all about how that made such a big impact for her and the energy and the actionable simplicity of yes and especially when the going gets hard so she calls me up and asks if I would be interested or willing to speak for an upcoming event um, on those two words. Yes, and, so of course, yes, I was so excited about it um, and found out that it was going to be a, a big event. It was by far going to be the largest audience I've ever gotten to speak in front of. And I was so excited. So come to find out it was for a suicide prevention rally, primarily focused on youth and their families, which is great. It's an outstanding um, effort and a very important cause. And obviously, there's a lot of heartache and ch- challenges and tragedy that um, usually spark things of this magnitude and this nature, and um, I definitely am sensitive and very aware of this type of space and needing it to be a, a safe space for uh, for people who are struggling, and I am definitely no stranger to uh, darkness and things that have um, consumed me in a really uh sad and destructive way uh during different seasons of my life and um some not even in that t- too distant past um because things can be freaking hard sometimes and just exhausting and seems like there should be an easier way and anyway it's not all about that uh the point is I was very humbled and um did not take the opportunity lightly I thought oh wow this is this is a big deal especially because I feel particularly drawn to youth and not um, necessarily just because I have many youth that I have birthed, uh, but that I I just have always felt a draw to youth. And in fact, when I was a teenager, I had what is called a patriarchal blessing. If you're not Mormon, you might not know what that is. Uh, But when I was growing up, um, that is a, a special blessing you get from the designated patriarch in your area that is um, a special blessing and sort of a fortune telly way of things that can come to pass in your life if you live worthy and all this stuff and I remember sitting there getting this blessing from someone I really didn't know and there was a statement in there about my need to focus my attention on serving youth and that they would um, be drawn to me which at the time as a teenager I was like huh? okay well that's interesting and um, but I've always just been really aware of it and it certainly has been something that I've recognized in my own life and opportunities to to serve uh, with different youth programs and such um, in schools and in churches and whatever over the years I definitely see that can you hear my cat purring honestly I hope so because it is so soothing I'm so grateful I have these cats my special little orange tabby lily is on my lap, and she purrs like a son of a gun. So I was thinking, this this is perfect. This lines up with, with everything that I dream about. Everything that I dream about in my mind, the visions in my mind, are to be on these big stages and feeling, you know, I for years I have imagined it and closed my eyes and visualized being on the stage and feeling the energy of an arena full of people and the lights and the vibrancy of um, just stepping onto the stage with, with intention and purpose um, to share an uplifting message. and um, And so this became a really important lesson for me in two things. One in appropriately manifesting because for so many years I've pictured this idea of being on big stages and admittedly I kept my my specifics very vague. I wanted to be open to the universe uh, to have it be whatever stage was the right stage for me and the best fit and stuff that I would like. I I was not set on exactly what it should be or at least I wasn't clear because of course I would love to just have been a famous comedian by now and selling out arenas and just telling jokes and being a goofball and whatever um and I also love speaking I love just sharing stories and doing all the keynote stuff and whatever and um anything in between any type of a hybrid of stuff I just thought you know what I'm gonna leave it open to whatever it's supposed to be and so I was going to get 10 minutes. I was given 10 minutes as part of a what turned out to be a several-hour-long Wednesday night event. And the idea was stories were being shared in the vein of suicide, suicide uh, prevention, recovery. Um, there was really incredible speakers sharing stories and different resources being uh, shared with everyone that was in attendance, and it was a free event, and it was incredibly well attended, and, um, and so I was thinking, wow, yeah, this is, this is going to be really cool, after all the speakers, I was going to be the transition point, the re kind of like the grand finale of the speakers, before it went into a concert, um, which was in itself, the concert was wonderful. And it had a lot of, um, wonderful messages and stories by the, the singer, Alex Boyer, who shared just a lot of really amazing things. And just really, he could have just done the whole thing on his own. Um, and so I was just feeling super anxious leading up to it. I was thinking, oh my gosh, what do I say in 10 minutes? What do I say, to emphasize why yes and is so important to me and that it's not just about the funny haha it's about the mechanics that make comedy work it's about the things that we're doing behind the scenes that actually make something funny and approachable and connected for humanity Um, especially on things that might be a little uncomfortable or scary or traumatic or whatever and so I was thinking about this a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and going through all these different things that I thought might might be relevant. And just like with most of my speaking gigs, I will frame up just a handful of what I think are probably the most important things to say. But usually with a keynote, I get 45 to 60 minutes to pull my message together and to have some action items. And so not only was I feeling a little bit just like a little overwhelmed and stressed about the small amount of time, I was just so worried that I I was wanting to pick the right messaging and have it actually make a difference and matter. Because one thing I've learned from teaching, yes, and in improv workshops, in team building events and for the general public and stuff for all these years is that it doesn't matter What I say, unless the person who is hearing it wants to hear it. And so I've gone to different workshops where people just don't get it. They still hear yes and in a negative way, as a way they're like going to fill their calendar with crap they don't want to do, or that they agree with people they don't agree with. And I'm like, you're missing it. Yes and is not that. It's an opportunity for us to accept and acknowledge all the things, especially if we don't understand it or if it's different from our perspectives or whatever. It's an opportunity to keep learning more and to acknowledge that there's other opinions than our own. And when someone really gets it, then they see, oh, look at the power that this has to be a space for collaboration and not a space of divisiveness. Um, And so it it was feeling very... Overwhelming to me as I was leading up to the event, um, because I really wanted it to be something impactful, and um, and then the night before this event, I go to this. Okay, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna put you down. You're very purry. I love you. You're very purry and very furry, my friend. Um, the night before, I got to go to a VIP dinner situation and it was lovely, and it was really delicious food. It was great, and we got a little bit of a preview of some of the other speakers who, that night, were all men who had overcome some incredibly difficult things in their lives, Um, from addiction and injuries to child abuse to all sorts of things, and they were boldly and sensitively sharing their stories and how they overcame it and how they were so grateful for the ability and the connections they had to help them change the end of their story, like to write it the way they wanted and not just become defined by these horrible things that had happened to them. And all of them, let's see, there was a few of them, they all at some point cried while they presented and it was so beautiful and touching and I took my 14 year old son with me as my date that night and he thought they were really amazing speakers he thought man this is really cool this is really important and um and there was a gentleman at our table who as soon as these guys were done speaking literally moments before had been crying and their hearts open and yet showing this incredible strength of resilience and forgiveness and forging a better path and trying to be a voice for change and love and all these things that we need in the world. And this guy says, he like turns to us all thinking he's being so funny. He's like, well, my son the other day was crying about whatever, something about his, his teenage son crying and he told him to man up. Stop crying. You need to man up and I about lost my mind. I clenched my jaw. I just felt so frustrated because I'm like, dude, you are the problem. You are the reason. You're, that type of personality is why we're needing to have a whole freaking suicide prevention rally because we're not being supportive and, and, and empathetic and gentle with people enough, especially our youth and people that we don't understand why they might be thinking of something different or want to try a different way, or maybe they want to show their emotions. And I just was dumbfounded that we had just finished listening to these powerful speakers, these men who I feel like are categorized among very strong men for allowing that vulnerability and it did not make them look weak at all and I'm like dude were you just sitting here at the same table as me and that totally went over your head that you didn't just see that exactly what you just said is counterproductive it is the exact opposite of what these men just demonstrated and I just felt so bad in that moment for the son who was experiencing something that was causing him to cry and his father in present day is still thinking, I'm going to tell my son to man up. And I'm like, that is not manning up. Whatever that even freaking means anymore is so freaking bogus. So anyway, there, there I am uh, experiencing this with my son. We actually had a brief exchange about that. He noticed it. He was a little grossed out by the fact that um, that, that guy was like so oblivious. And I suddenly, that night, I felt so sick to my stomach because I'd been making these notes I'd been visualizing how I wanted this to go how am I going to cram all the things I want to say and share my heart and share the things that I think are so important um, what can I do to make a difference in 10 minutes and admittedly probably I've been trying to think of there's another time but for sure this is the the possibly only time that I almost felt like I was just giving up Because I cared a lot about how to present the simple tool to be very valuable. And I could not help but be consumed and a little overwhelmed by thinking, how many other dads might be in that audience that are going to just do exactly that? They're going to go, look at us doing our part. We're coming to this rally and we're feeling good and we're hearing all this great music and these messages and it feels so warm and fuzzy and we're cheering and we're excited and how many of them are going to be like that's us doing our thing and they're not actually going to be aware enough to recognize if maybe they are part of the problem and take the ownership to create a safe place for their family and their neighbors and their church community and their workplace uh, teammates and all these different things. If we don't get to look inward to understand where we might be perpetuating a negative thing and possibly inadvertently, I think for the most part, people are oblivious when they're doing it and they're inadvertently causing harm to people they love the most because of those like, it's like uh, accidental or like, uh, what's the word? It's like unintentional. But because they're not being intentional with being better about the words they choose and the way they react and allowing their own evolution of how they feel about feelings to happen, they're like, yeah, budding on people and not even realizing. And it's certainly if they don't realize it, they're not able to make a change for the better. And so that got all in my head. I was also not feeling very well um, physically. I started getting a really sore throat and I'm like, oh, great, COVID nightmare, right? And my other kids had been sick. I tested negative, but I had a sore, sore throat. And the only other time I've really had a sore throat in the past several years, um, it just felt like very profound timing of feeling like uh, my body is is reacting to the stressors around actually using my voice to share messages. and um, And so I was incredibly nervous. I barely had like a speaking voice. I was kind of keeping my distance from everybody and wearing a mask as much as I could just I didn't want to get anyone sick even though I was negative for COVID. And so I was just thinking how I just felt defeated and there was probably nothing I could do to benefit people who are not really interested in hearing. They want to look like like it felt like they kind of wanted to look like they were there doing the right thing. But if we're not actually applying it and opening our hearts to be that safe place for someone in our own lives, it doesn't matter. And and so kind of pulling those things together, I stepped onto that stage and it felt awesome in that... It all those years of visualizing, I was prepared for it and I knew how to carry myself confidently even though I was not feeling very confident in how to share my message or honestly really how to even make an impact um, even though I felt so strongly about how important those two words are for anyone who is willing and ready to use them as a real action tool for change and and the time went so fast, and the whole evening was already off schedule and, and people had taken too long on each of their talks and so by the time I was up, it was already behind schedule, and I really honor and try to value um, keeping things on schedule and, and I think I still went over by about a minute or so, but I just shared you know a little a little something something, but it's kind of a it was a big task for me that admittedly I did not rise to the occasion the way I hoped because it is confusing for people when I get announced as um, best local comedian and blah 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 and people are like they don't know they're just expecting me to be funny haha so I opened with a couple of little jokes and got a couple little chuckles in there and then I was thinking well this is not funny haha what I'm trying to relay it is a matter of life and death like literally um, there have been times in my life that I have been so done so overwhelmed by really shitty things that I was dealing with and sometimes still kind of have to face certain certain challenges and dilemmas and and the emotional toll and the strategies to navigate my own mental health have you know, been their own journey. And for me, knowing the tools I do from performance are not even joking. They are what has made me keep going sometimes. Because I know it so well, I can't pretend I don't. So when I know that I have to say, yes, this is a dark moment. And it's not going to last. It's not going to last forever. Even if I'm crying under my desk or dealing with something that is just like feels so painful that I don't think I can recover from it. Or I don't think it's worth trying to recover. Or the cycles are too painful. Or, you know, things aren't going the way that I thought they would be in whatever XYZ category for the day. And I just um, have relied so much on allowing my own growth and evolution of realizing that I went into comedy kind of unexpectedly and found it as a way to cope and to get through hard things. And it ended up becoming a little bit more of a mask or a a wall I could put up and just keep that brave face on and just smile and laugh and kind of shrug off the things that were really hurting me. When in recent years, I've really understood the power of using it as a way to acknowledge the hard things and continue to work through them, even though they are so difficult. And so as I stepped onto that stage, I realized I had been wrong in not more specifically manifesting by truly visualizing what I wanted when I finally got to be on a stage like that, that I really should have been more specific, that I wanted people to know, that they were going to get to hear my comedy or my jokes or whatever I wanted it to be. Not just this tiny little segment of a whirlwind where it was not me showing up my best. It was not um, the way I love to express myself and with the gifts that I feel so grateful every day that I I get to have like my career is that I get to talk. I get to laugh with people. I get to play games. I get to teach improv. I get to tell jokes. Every single day when I think about my life um and what I get to do with my experience, I am deeply humbled and and I read yesterday in a book that I'm reading <clears throat> called A Happy Pocket Full of Money by David Cameron Gigandi. Anyway, yeah, it's called A Happy Pocket Full of Money, Infinite Wealth and Abundance in the Here and Now. This is <laughs> like third in line of books that I've read lately that have very similar messaging with specifically exa- asking for what we want out of life. And while we make goals to still be very, very aware and active in our present state, which is obviously, if you don't know much about improv, it is the core of of how you do improv and so I read um, the other day this little statement that says do not live by accident or by default live by design design your life using goals visualization imagination and plans all done consistently daily clearly accurately and with details I had left out major details in exactly what I wanted beyond like this book goes on to say, you know, if you just give a spe- like a vague description and you just leave it open to the universe or so you keep changing your mind, then that's what you're going to get is like inconsistencies or maybe something that is not exactly what you're picturing, but it's like kind of there. And that is exactly what happened that night was it was I absolutely had envisioned a massive stage. There was nearly 10,000 people there. And I needed to be much more specific with what was I going to be delivering, how much time was I going to have, what are the circumstances, who's the target audience, who are these different things, like all these different specifics, right down to, um, well, that's really it, down to that, like the demographics and that I wanted it to be, um, you know, for, for once, having people really show up because they're it's like my gig. Um which is a hard thing for artists and comedians and stuff. We have to like ask people all the time, come to my show, come to my show. And people have been so supportive and lovely and wonderful and totally have my back all these years. Even when I'm like a small part of a show. Maybe I'm one comedian in a whole lineup of showcases or even when um, you know I'm not the main event and um, or I'm one person in a improv troupe of five people there because all these different scenarios where people are definitely showing up and and that's been such a lovely experience and I'm realizing that I didn't ask for the right things when I was imagining it and so that's what was manifested was a pretty close target because I very much love improv and teaching yes and and speaking on that And I wanted the big stage, and so there it was. And then I just realized how vital it is that we are so specific with that messaging for ourselves and with recognizing um, how important those words are, both in the positive and the negative, because if we don't specify things in a positive way, then we only hear the negative. So... When it comes to that, like manning up, that I heard that messaging last night, that basically like derailed my yes and choo choo train of delight, is because that's all that consumed me. That negativity, and I'm so sorry and embarrassed to even admit that that happened, but I was so I felt so blocked um, just by that one thing because that is where yes or the opposite of yes and that's where yeah but lives. That is like I could come into a room and I always use this as an example if I'm like in an in-person event and I'll lean right into someone and I will compliment them about their, their outfit or their hairstyle or their general presence is so warm and welcoming and what a sparkle in your eye and those glasses look so great on your face. All these compliments and then I'll go, but, and then the whole audience kind of clenches and that person's eyes usually bug because they're like, oh, now what? And that's exactly what happens in life is we can say all the fluffy, wonderful things that we want or tiptoe around things or beat around the bush or say just generalities and, or you know maybe it is like in corporate, there's people that are like, oh, tell them all the things they're doing right, then tell them the thing they suck at and then tell them another fluffy thing so they don't feel like the blow is so hard. And instead, that's still what we hear. We hear that one negative thing so much louder And that's why it was so profoundly important to me to like really stop and evaluate like what am I trying to manifest and how do I want to ensure that the opportunities that I create for myself are the right ones so that the message can be heard by those who are ready. I had a dream the other night, um, like two nights ago, that I was basically reflecting on all these different events that I had been part of in my life. Uh, as an MC, as a, a speaker or a comedian or any of these different things and some of them I did just because you know they were paid gigs and I was good at MCing or whatever even though they're not my favorite um, and I was like going down this long corridor and one at a time I was like feeling what it felt like to be backstage at these different events that I've been to in the past that I honestly like didn't really always feel super good about didn't feel terrible, but I was like, this is not me maximizing my strengths. Um, and I could hear commotion on the other sides. I could hear the rowdy audiences, the, um, the drunken gala attendees, all these different things that I, I know very, very well how to, what to expect and how to deal with those things and how to still try to make the organization look good and, and really yes. And the situation. And in my mind, I kept thinking, this is not my stage. Then I'd go to the next one, and I'd listen and feel it. This is not my stage. And then I would go forward again, and it was like a series of these different stages, and then I was finally waiting outside of one. And I felt like, oh, this one's it. This is the one. This is this one's my stage. And it was a magical thing because I finally have been able to pull together like that I don't have to be a certain way for corporate, a certain way for comedy clubs a certain way for whatever like I just get to be Megan in any of those settings and cater them just slightly as far as you know if there's a theme or something fun that I can be whimsical or do a parody song or write a poem and make the experience something unique and fun for them to show them that there is care and attention because that's something that I get the opportunity to do and it was such a mind-blowing, eye-opening dream of mine to have gone through that little path of like, wow, the, all of these experiences that I've had and I'm truly grateful for them and all the different experience that I've gotten and understanding the behind the scenes and the value of everything that's going on with different events and the efforts and I don't take any of that for granted and I just feel so ready and excited to understand more about how it's not um, greedy or selfish to be so careful and specific about saying these are the things I want in my life from our personal relationships to the kinds of clothes we want to wear to how we do our hair to the way we speak to the way that we choose our vacations I don't know every single thing we really truly have the opportunity to take control and make design you know design plans of what we want to have in our lives and the more I'm in my zone of like what I love to do I know that that's what I'm made to do to serve other people and it is such a freeing feeling because I'm less stressed about booking more gigs and different things over these past few years when I know that I have let some gigs go and I wasn't just chasing them for the dollars I was like this is either really legit not a good fit for me or well that's it that's just it. It's either they can't afford me anymore or they uh, it's not the right fit. And it's not that anyone is wrong. It's just allowing that evolution to really fine tune and not um, undercut myself or set the bar low because I've done that in the past. And So if any of you have ever done that in the past or or maybe still are struggling with it, like get so specific about what you want. I learned so much in this fairly recent, you know, during this past year specifically, but even in these past few months with um, staying in my lane of what is really what I feel so, so, so good at when I'm doing it and stay in that space for uh, when I get to work and really being aware and observant about the things that I want in my life to build um, for my family and for you know, my home and my personal relationships and all of those things that are so uh, important. So really um, seeing the value and, and the necessity and taking the time to truly visualize the life that we want because we can do so much more good for each other and for our communities and in collaboration with other people when we are our best selves And that's who I look to to partner with. And I would expect for people who want to partner with me that we both and all need to bring to the table our very best self. And that usually includes a whole array of different skill sets. And the last thing is really trying to catch ourselves. It's just been eating away at me thinking about, anytime I think about, you know, not constantly, I'm not like dwelling on it all the time. But when it popped to mind again today, I was like, eh, I better just talk about this with the manning up. Like to me, that was a reminder of how much of just like things that we just kind of go through these motions and we say, sometimes I think we say things that we don't even consider that they might be causing damage because we just don't know. We don't know until it's been called out and it's hard to call someone else out. So if we can raise our own standards of how we want to contribute in the world and think about how inclusive are we being, and how understanding are we being, and what words are we using, and how are we defining strength, and how do we define anything, you know? Um, but my hope is that many, my true hope, and what I believe is that many of the people there that night, probably the vast majority of the people in attendance that night, are truly looking for more information to open their minds, hopefully, open their hearts to all the different things that are particularly challenging for young people that are clearly challenging for young people because the suicide rates are astronomical and touch so many of our lives. And if we don't open up our hearts and minds to learn more and become adaptable and sensitive, then it's not going to get better. And so my my hope and what I do believe is that many of the people there were really looking for inspiration and genuinely would like to be better and do better if they know how to. And and my hope is that those who maybe aren't aware that they are hurting other people, that um, that their eyes can be opened to it sooner rather than later and definitely before it is too late because um, it's kind of a big, a big messy world sometimes and I think that we're... For the most part, all doing as well as we can with what we know. And my deepest wish with my life and the the understanding of yes and is that it can be used to spark curiosity. To use yes to accept and acknowledge anything else that you may not really know a lot about. If you don't agree with it or you're just totally inexperienced, may it spark you. To say, yes, I hear or see a different way of being, a different point of view, a different style, a different um, anything, a different pizza topping. I don't care what it is. If you see something or hear something that makes you go, huh, and even begin to be judgy or critical or scared or whatever that reaction is, To use that yes as a way to go, oh, I'm acknowledging in this moment, I'm going to acknowledge that I just saw or heard or felt something that is different than I already know or feel or understand, and I want to learn more. So that those bridges can be gapped and there can be a greater understanding and space for learning and growing and loving others instead of jumping to conclusions and disappointments that people are not doing things the way that we think that they should be doing them. So cheers to manifesting your dreams and doing awesome things. And, uh, yeah. All right. And yeah, of course I'm a huge advocate for feeling your feelings and, uh, thank you so much for tuning in to, uh, today's episode. Wishing you well. Thank you for listening to the, I hardly know her podcast. If you'd like to stay connected to me in other ways, you can find me on most social media platforms at Kooky Megan or at my website, MeganMcCaleb.com. And remember, you don't have to be a big deal to do big things.